this episode of the Creator Podcast, we are excited to have our good friends, Captains Jay and Leslie Nags, who are the Territorial Youth Secretaries for the Salvation Army Eastern Territory. We'll get into a little bit more about what that means in the episode, but specifically, we are talking to them about the COVID creation of taking morning discovery and broadcasting it uh, as uh, as a show uh, to take the place of uh, some of the camping ministry that would ordinarily go on in the summer that could not happen in the summer of 2020. Uh, now, Darrell, you had an opportunity to see Morning Discovery at Camp Wonderland. How would you say it compared to the camp devotions that you were used to in your past experience? I would say in the most positive way for both sides it was big and uncaged uh it was extremely engaging and uh, unique and memorable i think it was the perfect way to start a camp day and i think they kind of described the jay at, at one point described it i think as nickelodeon meets vacation bible school that's fair description in this conversation we kind of talk through the idea stage to the execution stage and I thought one of the most fascinating parts of the conversation was about how uh, Jay is the dreamer of their pairing and Leslie is the pragmatist and how oftentimes it takes uh, one of each or some of each um, to make something great happen. Yeah, it'd be easy to say Batman and Robin, but I really think it's more accurately Batman and just a different Batman. Right. Where they're both very good at what they do and they just allow it. They allow each other to do what they do well. And they're able to bring people in to that vision and give them roles to fulfill. And you'll hear in this conversation how passionate they are about the Salvation Army camping ministry and the difference it can make in a child's life. And Darrell and I can both testify uh, to that. If it weren't for Salvation Army camps, uh, both of our lives would be very, very different. Extremely. Did you meet uh, Willow at camp? I did meet my beautiful wife at Camp Tecumseh in the Garden State of New Jersey. Um, things weren't as pleasant as our second meeting, <laughs> but um, but they were definitely interesting. And uh, I'm I'm thankful that God gave me the opportunity to be a part of camp ministry and it's continued to impact and grow my life. Well, and same for me. I met Jen at camp, and the rest is history. So, uh, and, and Jay and Leslie had a lot of time together at Camp Lador. I don't know if it's where they initially met or not, but, uh, but it had a big impact on their lives, and they are now paying that forward, you could say, with the influence that they've had over Salvation Army camping ministry uh, for these last several years. And we are excited to talk to them about Morning Discovery. So we are blessed to have Captains Jay and Leslie Nags on the Creator Podcast. They are the Territorial Youth Secretaries for the Eastern Territory of the Salvation Army. And what that means is that they are tasked with overseeing youth programming and youth ministry for the, I don't even know how many core there are, how many churches the Salvation Army has across that eastern territory, which covers 11 northeastern states. 
but that is their uh, their responsibility and their appointment, and they have spent a lot of their life in youth ministry, even before they became Salvation Army officers. They were working with the youth ministry of the Salvation Army in Philadelphia and in eastern Pennsylvania and Delaware. And even as officers, many of their appointments have been in this field. So they are experts when it comes to youth ministry, especially youth ministry and camping in the Salvation Army. We had the privilege of serving with them here in Massachusetts where they were the divisional youth secretaries with my wife, Jen, who is the camp director of Camp Wonderland. And um, the Nags came in and shook some things up in Jen's comfortable camp world. So I enjoyed kind of watching that happen. And one of the things that the Nags really came and brought in their evaluation was uh, about morning discovery. So can you tell us what morning discovery is? The, the in real life to. version. Okay, I'll be happy to discuss this, but first, the only expert in this household is my wife, and I'll be happy to tell that story anytime you want, Drew, okay? Number one. Whatever. Go okay. Ahead. Tell them about morning discovery. Morning discovery. And was, real life morning discovery. Yeah, no, no, yeah. At yeah. camp, every day, the kids, uh, they eat, and they always talk about Jesus. So, the morning devotion time needed an, a cool name. A, a, a group of us got together. And I think actually Jen named it, if, it's, if we're going to be truthful. Jen named it Morning Discovery. Elizabeth came up with Disco, which was much cooler. But Morning Discovery was, let's do worship together. Like, I think back then we said Nickelodeon style. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah. how do you do worship so kids stay engaged the entire time, which is not hard to do at camp. But how do you do it so that it's like really, really focused um, on... Uh, delivering the gospel message clearly, but also recognizing that it can't be the same from day to day. Like it can't repeat like it had before. So we wanted to come up with 28 new opportunities every single, you know, all during those different times in the morning. And then we started to fashion it around uh, like a vacation Bible school sort of feel with some of those elements and started to kind of incorporate some of the experience of Another staff member, Elizabeth Evans, who I love and is beautiful and smart and wonderful in every way. She brought some of her experience in from other ministries she's been involved in as well. And she and I, frankly, grabbed that, turned our backs to Jen and Leslie and, st <laughs> and started to craft this idea. So really, as much as maybe Leslie thinks she deserves a co-credit or Jen, it's really just Elizabeth and I. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. No, but we, um, we had some fun kind of just changing some stuff up so that it was a way of getting kids excited. And the first thing that we really determined was whenever we turn on music that makes kids uh, start to dance, um, we could see them like the energy level really lift. How do we get that same energy level during worship? Yeah. So I would say that we wanted to create an experience that everybody, like you would be disappointed if you missed it because you would feel like you missed out on something. So we tried to create something that everybody on camp, not just the campers and the counselors and staff who had to be there, but everybody actually wanted to get there. So that was sort of the idea because we believe that worship is not boring. It shouldn't be anyway. So we believe that worship can be really exciting, a lot of fun, a little bit messy, super duper loud and um, like no other time. So that's that's what happened. And I think that's 
that's basically how uh, morning discovery in real life happened. And just to give a little bit of context here, one of the strengths of Camp Wonderland from a programmatic standpoint is that about 20, oh gosh, coming up on 30 years ago now, Camp Wonderland took a different approach to programming. I had been involved in Salvation Army camp programming where you had roughly 200 children uh, from six-year-old girls to 12-year-old boys on, on the mm -hmm. average week. And you were supposed to come up with a program that was going to hit all of those kids. And so, right. you, you know, and sometimes you hit it and sometimes you missed it. And sometimes it was awesome for a seven-year-old boy and it was terrible for an 11-year-old girl. And so what they did at Wonderland is they decided to split out the programming so that you would have four units. Uh, the younger units are six to nine-year-old children. And there's a younger boys unit, younger girls unit. The older uh, units are 10 to 12 year olds. Uh, generally speaking, sometimes our, our ages go a little bit higher in Salvation Army camping for certain sessions out of the summer. But for the most part, you're dealing with 10, 11 and 12 year olds in the older units. And there is this thing called the older girls unit that nobody cares about. And then there is the best unit on camp, the older boys <laughs> unit. <laughs> and um, I had the privilege of being the older boys unit leader at Wonderland for two summers in the 90s. And I can honestly say that there were times when my, my unit devotions consisted of me looking around uh, outside the chapel where our, where our devotions happened. Um, and I can distinctly remember a day I had nothing planned. I grabbed a mountain bike and I came up with some sort of lesson about following a, a trail in the woods on a mountain bike and how God shows us. And, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say now I was mailing it in when it came to this aspect of introducing kids to Christ on certain given days. And part of it was that the camp was separated. And so that meant that a lot of the um, skills and abilities were separated as well. Some units had like a banging worship band as part of their camp, you know, their, their devotions for their particular group of about 50 or 60 kids, whereas not everybody had access to that same thing. So Morning Discovery was a decision, but it was also a way to leverage all of the energy, all of the talent um, to really bring that back together. The rest of the programming at Wonderland continues to be, for the most right. part, decentralized so that kids are getting yeah. stuff that's developmentally appropriate to them. But Morning Discovery is one of those events every day where the whole camp comes together and it is for the most important purpose that that camp provides. Camp gets kids out of the city or, or out of their home environment. It introduces them to nature, gets them off of devices, all of those wonderful things. But the true success of Salvation Army Camping is the number of children that we're able to introduce to the everlasting love of Jesus Christ every summer. And so it is a, a peak ministry of the Salvation Army. And this is like the ministry within the ministry is morning discovery. So in yeah, season absolutely. two, sorry, go ahead, Leslie. No, absolutely. I would say that is part of the beauty of uh, Wonderland is that you just have all of these different things going on, but they're very focused for the kids, uh, for that age group. Um, but you're absolutely right. The The key to Morning Discovery is having a, a wider talent pool to pull from. Um, and then the kids, it's giving the unit leaders, like you said yourself, a little break so that they don't have the pressure 
um, of coming up something with something like that every day. Like we really uh, use the full uh, camp staff, leadership staff, you know, anybody at our disposal um, is who we would, uh, frankly, uh, use their, you know, what they had to offer um, and just turn it up a notch. So absolutely, it, um, it, was, it was a beautiful. I was going to say, Drew, <clears throat> it's interesting for you to share that story because in our first summer, we were only there like part of the summer because that's how the Salvation Army moves a lot of camp directors. They bring us in during the summer and kind of throw us in to kind of figure it out. And when we arrived, that was what I saw week after week is I kept seeing um, the unit leaders who were very busy with their management of the of their unit, as well as, uh, you know, that includes like camper oversight, as well as staff oversight. And then they also had to take on this responsibility to be sort of the pastors for their their units as well. And they were really having trouble managing all of the responsibility. And so like I, I saw people in the office the morning of devotions on the floor trying to figure it out. And I'm sitting there thinking, I think we can do better than this. Right. <laughs> like, I think that there's an opportunity here to, instead of doing four programs, do one. So thank you for that background. I haven't, I haven't thought about that in a while because we keep, you know, adding on to what we've done as opposed to going back to where we started. Absolutely. And so in season two of the creator podcast, we really want to focus on talking to COVID creators, people that for one reason or another have expressed themselves creatively in a new or different way um, during the pandemic. And, you know, for some, it was for their own sanity, for their own spiritual health to, to create something, to get something out into the world. Um, Darrell has, has found that he's been able to meet some really practical needs, like making desks for students who all of a sudden found themselves mm -hmm. learning at home and couldn't afford a, you know, a desk or it, there were times when you couldn't even buy a desk. They were, they were all back ordered. Yeah. And Darrell is making them in his wood shop. And, and he talked in the first episode of this season about how he was, he was kind of hitting a creative wall. And then this need met up with his creative juices. And all of a sudden now he's creating because there was this need that, that, that his community that, that he ministers to had, and he was able to fill it by creating these desks. So you, you guys had this need because camps across the, the territory and really across the country, I believe, um, weren't happening. So the Salvation Army camps offer kids who ordinarily do not have an opportunity to attend a camp because camp is costly. Private camps charge an incredible amount of money. And for a family that's choosing between uh, the lights and the groceries, uh, camp is, is kind of a luxury item for them, but we all know what a life changer camp can be. Um, and last summer camp could not happen because of COVID. It simply wasn't safe. How many camps actually operated out of the 10 that, that exist in the, in the Eastern territory? How many camps operated last summer? Well, only one camp, I think in, in the country of the 40 in the country actually operated um, like all the, the, you know, the four different subdivisions of, of America, um, the East was the only one that had a camp that was open, uh, and Canada had no camping already, um, that year too. So there's only one that gave it a go, but it was very difficult. Um, and, uh, they, they really did struggle, uh, and they tried their best, but there were a lot of things they were going against, you know, right in the height of that. They were in a pop, they were in an area that didn't have the same amount of cases, 
so they felt like they could um, easily open, but only one place did. And this season, we're only looking at a few that'll be able to open this season in our territory. Um, the other territories, um, the other three and Canada have decided um, not to open. So I think the South has a couple that are opening. Are they opening now? Okay. Canada is not. The West is not. And I don't think the Central is either. Yeah. The, so yeah, so the, what that translates are... to is hundreds of thousands of kids now for a second summer not having the opportunity to go to a, to a Salvation Army camp. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and before all this, that would have been unthinkable. We've been trying to figure out Wonderland is the, the longest continuously operating Salvation Army camp in the country. Um, it was opened in 1924. We're trying to figure out still whether camp ever got canceled like during World War II or, or anything like that. And they haven't definitively been able to figure it out whether 2020 was the first summer ever that camp didn't happen. And, and thankfully, um, for, for our uh, household and, and the general happiness around this place, the happy summer place is going to be open um, this summer. But, yep. but getting back to 2020 and this need that you saw, um, camp isn't happening. Um, a lot of the core community centers, I, I would say 95% of the core community centers, the, the area churches for the Salvation Army were not going to be open to run vacation Bible school during the summertime or any other youth ministry day camps that happen at those Salvation Army centers weren't going to happen. And so you had this idea to take Morning Discovery, which was this Nickelodeon meets vacation Bible school. And instead of having the in-person experience, you're going to make it available to people so that they can at least access it online. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was uh, Jay, it was really Jay who said one day, well, I think we've got to do morning discovery. And I'm thinking, are you like, I'm the, Jay is the, um, Jay is definitely the creative pusher. I'm the, um, what would you say? Like, I'm the realist. Um, so I, I'm going, that's not, that's not possible. And Jay's going, yes, it is. So really Jay sort of pulls me along and I tell him all of the ways it's not going to work. And then somehow he generally does, um, usually, um, prove me wrong. And thankfully he really did in this instance, prove me wrong that we could pull it off. Now, you know, um, we are used to doing it in the camp setting. So you go from taking it on the stage at Camp Wonderland or at Camp Lador, and you try to figure out how you're going to script it, um, you know, fully scripted. The whole thing is fully scripted. Text sheets like crazy, which we did, you know, in the camp setting as well, because uh, when you're pulling off a production of any sort, I, and I believe even in the camp setting, you know, you want it to be pulled off um, as as polished as possible. So same thing um, in this setting, lots of script writing ahead of time, lots of brainstorming. Um, and then, you know, the one thing um, that we couldn't pull off the way we would typically pull it off is sort of the competition piece of it, because that that's sort of the, I guess I would say where the highlighted piece of Nickelodeon will be where, you know, there's some sort of competition that goes with the theme of the day. Um, and so you have kids normally in the camp setting, you have kids doing it. Well, you know, and, during and what the summer, would one of those adults what, doing it. What would that look like in the, in the real world version of morning discovery, you know, on the camp stage, what, what's a competition yeah. look like? Yeah. So a competition would be pretty much anything we could think of, uh, to drive home the, the, the point, you know, I'm trying to say of the message, like 
it all has to be connected to what is the what is the one thought for the day, right? So if we're talking about um, the story in Acts when they're in prison and they're worshiping and their chains pop, you know, uh, for that kind of thing during the message, we would have everybody have paper handcuffed and their handcuffs all pop together during the worship time. See you know what I'm trying to say? And then we would do a game about getting out of some sort of predicament. I'm trying to think of the exact game we did for that one. We did a lot of different games. And the game was a way to really, like, to drive the theme, you know, enough. Uh, like Sesame Street does, if you do a show about hair, you're going to talk about mustaches, and you're going to talk about perms, and you're going to talk about beehives, and, like, all these different things. You're going to talk about barbers. You know, all these different things you kind of surfacely kind of connect to the theme. We were doing that with the competitions, but it also gave us an opportunity to have an element of surprise, which I think is essential to uh, especially a children's ministry uh, in that age range we talked about. Um, an element of surprise, a thing that catches people off guard, a thing that they maybe hadn't seen or didn't see coming. Those kind of things make the worship experience really exciting. Um, and so the competition kind of became that sort of like, not a break, but it became just sort of another sort of emphasis of something we were doing together. And that added to somewhat of the hype of the actual thing taking place. But um, we did every, we did a bunch of different competitions. Well, I can, I never I can say the, for uh, me, a first for me in a worship experience was being at, at Morning Discovery when you pulled out the leaf blower with the toilet paper roll on the end of it and uh, <laughs> yeah, shot really a toilet paper roll into the crowd of 200 screaming kids. Um, that's something yeah. that, that generally does not happen in most sanctuaries across the country on a Sunday morning. Well, we were trying to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, I think, in that lesson. And uh, the leaf blower, the invisible force. And then it's just fun to evacuate 50 rolls of toilet paper in order to three seconds each into a crowd of screaming children. I would recommend that to anybody. Um, so, you know, we just attached, seriously, we, re we attached a, you know, like a half roller to the tip of a... Uh, like a, you know, a, a, paint, a paint roller. Yeah, like a paint roller. Yeah. And then we just put the toilet paper on there, of course, uh, flapping over. You know what I'm trying to say? Because that is the. And when you're going to do that, you have to go to like a big box store like a BJ's or Costco and buy, you know, multiple, you know, cases that in any household would last for several years. Yes. And you're going to dispense it in um, a two matter hours, of, yeah, you know, hours, a minutes, few minutes. Yeah. You Can you imagine? You would have been very unpopular kids. last summer. That's what I was going to say. Can you imagine if the videos of, <laughs> of you guys leaf blowing uh, toilet yeah. paper rolls came out at the time when nobody could find it in their local grocery store? Thankfully, no, none of those videos resurfaced that I'm aware of. Yes, because it would have been very disappointing. They're, they're but we out also made podcast. it snow. <laughs> we also made it snow. Uh, one of my least successful competitions was we had. Every once in a while, instead of using the campers, we'd use counselors. So I actually put 50 pre-trapped mousetraps on the stage and was trying to <laughs> see if the staff could crawl through without hitting any of the mousetraps. Um, Jen was not happy about that one, but it was a very effective one. About I'm, I'm know, guessing the human resources the department wasn't particularly excited about that one either. They volunteered. You had you know your employees do like what? <laughs> actually that's really honestly that's all show that nobody ever gets hurt in those things but you know it was fun uh we, we we only did that one time but yeah we try to do like just you know have some fun with it and you know make a big mess typically you know what i mean uh flip a table or two just to try to get people excited about you know whatever we can to but get all, them focused on. i would say all of it was sort of taking the kids almost like on a roller coaster ride where you know you're 
you get on that roller coaster and you start going up a hill and you're building anticipation, right? And you sort of get up to the top and it's like, what is happening? And then you go flying down. And I really felt like in a lot of ways, Morning Discovery was kind of like a really exciting roller coaster ride where you were um, anticipating, uh, maybe slightly nervous, particularly staff, because you just didn't know what was coming next or how you might be affected. Um, but it was this great opportunity to show the kids, first of all, that um, that worship can be fun, that um, being with other believers and doing things that are possible, that um, are positive, uh, a, a whole lot of fun. So there was just a lot of, um, oh, I think I think what we experienced was just some freedom in worship that was good for the kids, but I think it might have been just as good for the staff. And I'll be honest with you, it was certainly good for my heart. Those were some of my favorite times and, and just having like a real freedom uh, in worship. So I think, um, I do believe um, that the Lord can take and use, use anything, right? But I think when we are really, um, uh, when we really particularly creative, um, dream big and see what they can do, I just, I just believe that the Lord is really honored um, and lives can be changed uh, through that. Well, look, the gospel is the greatest spectacle of all time. And when we take Absolutely. that story and put it into this box where everybody has to be really polite, I mean, Jesus was not polite, right? Jesus was yeah. somebody who, who, you know, that roller coaster analogy, you never did know what was coming next. Oh my gosh, there's a storm on the water. Well, get Jesus. He'll know what to do. Oh my gosh, everybody's hungry. Let's find a kid's lunch. Jesus could do something with it. Uh, and and really, I think what you did is release the gospel story to, to be told in a way that, that could connect with kids. But to your point, I think a lot of adults could actually get an awful lot out of Morning Discovery. I, I think some of this discussion has been good to shape the, the question about how what the degree of difficulty it was to take what what you knew as morning discovery and get it to the point where it was going to be a product that you you would personally feel proud to be putting out there to, to help people to to connect so walk us through some of those nuts and bolts of what it sure. took to to make morning discovery into something that was not the live show but this exciting enough thing that you would feel comfortable putting it out and calling it morning discovery so this actually started in 2018 to be honest with you we moved in 2017 went to camp Lador, and we found ourselves in this like super beautiful multimedia environment so you think about all the video and stuff that we did at wonderland now now all of a sudden we have like a professional lighting rig and cameras and like a bunch of crazy stuff. So all of a sudden we started dreaming up like what this could be. And I was having fun hoping that the summer of 2019 that we would actually start to live stream more discovery to like, it kind of be like a, uh, this is what camp looks like for the campers that are coming. And also for a way that campers that come, they could still stay connected to all the silly stuff and fun stuff and God honoring stuff that was happening during morning discovery. And all that technology was in the, all that technology was in the performing arts center at, uh, right. at Camp Lador. And, and just to give the, the difference between where it was held at Wonderland, Wonderland it's held in, in what's called the shell, which started out as a band shell, literally just a stage. 
on a sloped hill at the camp, and then they did pour a concrete slab and put a, a roof over it. But it is essentially the world's largest pavilion. It's, it's really an right. outdoor space that has been wired for sound and does have projection in it. But it also has birds like dive bombing the <laughs> congregation as, as you're in there. So you move from that environment with Morning Discovery into a, a state-of-the-art facility that was opened, right. what, five or six years ago and, and has all the bells and whistles that you could want to, to make a high-end production out of it. Yeah, it really became like, what could we do next to like push it to the level? So the sets got bigger, the videos got bigger. Um, we were doing daily videos all the time. We were doing things that just kind of brought excitement because kids love seeing themselves on the screen. Action cameras. Action cam. Yeah. So like during the competitions, there was a live camera feed during that and just really crazy music when they would come in. We had handouts when they came in. Clean up crew. Yeah. Like yeah. all that stuff. And so that was already kind of like stewing. So like, it's not the way the Lord works. Like he's just sort of like pulling at us, like what could happen next here? And like, we keep wanting to ask that question, like. What else could we do? What else could God possibly help us through? Like, what else could we think of? And so, yeah, we got to COVID and we were like, all these camps are closing. We were, we were like broken with the idea of all these kids who weren't going to be able to get the respite the camp provides for them. They weren't going to get the challenge of the gospel like we had so been praying into for that summer. And so we kind of were like beside ourselves thinking we got to do something and because uh, Leslie is such a natural with the with teaching and stuff like that. We were doing uh, kids fives for our worship services that were being put out weekly. So we were already doing a little bit of video anyway. And it was like, hey, Les, you know, if we did 13 different videos and put them all together into a 22 minute program, we could put it out like just like Morning Discovery. And that's where you got a lot of like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> And so we started kind of chipping at it and throwing out and getting in touch with like the people who were like right inside of our immediate circle. So like I went to Doug Barry who works at a THQ and was like, Hey dude, will you write me a theme song? And he kind of giggling. What? I was like, yeah, write me a theme song about the morning discovery, the morning disco. Next thing you know, because none of the performers have anything to do everything's been shut down he's got all of his buddies recording tracks for us so within like four days a brand new song which is our theme song more discovery was like in my ears and i'm like what is happening <laughs> shot the competitions all together upstairs we did all nine of them inside of a day or two and so we actually ended up shooting nine episodes 
with the worship and the bumpers, you know, kids saying like, you're watching more in discovery to different sort of like scripture, like um, memory verses every week, and then different lessons that were all a part of the formula that came from the live performance that we could really refine and uh, really get specific and really focused. So because it wasn't being done live, we really had to have all the scripts. So the text sheet really got very complicated and the scripts and what we're trying to tackle. And honestly, it made us better. Like we kept getting better and better and better. So I think we shot for a total of six days and made all nine of those episodes and um, chopped them up. And it literally took me six, six weeks, I think, to do all the editing right. for all nine episodes. And I spent <laughs> 12 of hours in, you know, in the dark downstairs chopping and editing the video with Leslie just, you know, giving me water and encouragement. You know what I mean? And morning yeah, discovery and at camp is say... a morning disco at camp is a daily thing. It's it's in the morning. It happens after breakfast. Uh, you released these on on Wednesdays. It was one episode per week. Correct. Yeah, one one episode per week. And frankly, we did get to the point where Jay had multiple episodes done. But for the first like two weeks or so, it was like uh, pretty tight trying to you know praying that everything would be pulled together and ready um, for the for the release date. Um, but it all ended up working out. And if I could just say, um, you know, I think that sometimes, um, sometimes people like dream up something and then want to hold on to it and call it theirs. Do you know what I mean? Um, and sometimes we we are afraid to let go of something or let something really um, let people in to make something more. And I just, I'm just reminded, um, as I think about morning discovery, you know, live and in person at camp. And as I think about morning discovery, uh, for what we pulled off last summer for COVID, I'm just really reminded that community, um, is so important, um, in everything that we do. Um, and how we need the giftings of the people around us and how, unless we really get into conversation and really start pulling stuff, we don't have any clue what people are capable of, um, if that makes any sense. So we just saw, you know, some people who, um, we knew were super capable shine during morning discovery. And then we saw other people who just were very nervous about it and were uncertain come alive um, sharing the gospel message. So I would just say that um, that's a Pete, like if I could just tell you a takeaway for me is that I'm just reminded that um, that God can use us and we have no um, real understanding of what we are capable of doing until we get in there and just start going and until we free up the people around us. So um, I, you know, I'm just in awe of how um, of how uh, people come alive uh, sharing the gospel. It's so fascinating think, that you say that, that, Leslie, because um, one of the things that you know we we had set out we were going to talk to COVID creators, and and I was thinking a lot of this was going to be about creating in isolation, and you can't see people, and you can't go anywhere. It's, it's been incredible. This is our, our third interview for the new season. And it's been incredible how that theme of community has run through mm -hmm. the whole thing. Our, our first guests were uh, Felipe and Annabelle Concha. And I know you guys are, are big mm -hmm. fans. And, uh, and yes. we wanted to talk to them about Late Night with Los Concha. 
And it was less for them about doing a show or doing something creative. It was more about connecting with the community. And yeah. Outside Worship is, is another uh, group that we, we talked to for this season. And their whole ministry mm -hmm. is just, you know, bathed and birthed in, in community. So it's fascinating that you should bring up community. And I do think that that's something God has been doing in the midst of this time of isolation is that he's, he's brought this, this, the importance of community to the fore. And your yeah. experience with it is, is a little bit different that when you are really a talented person and a capable person, sometimes you can be upfront too often and you need to, you need to cede the stage to somebody else so that you can yes. watch and, and see, you know, what happens with that. And you even done that with the online version of Morning Discovery because you've asked viewers to participate, to actually send in a video of, of themselves doing a dance or, or participating. Can you talk about the participatory nature a little bit? Yeah, we were trying to think about a way to bring like worship uh, through the screen because um, frankly, I, I get bored with a lot of uh, worship unless it's like a huge arena with a lot of people really singing back and it reminds me of different services I've been to. But like, kids worship for like VBS and stuff is like really overproduced stuff. And it works fine in the live context. But like Leslie was alluding to earlier, when you don't have 350 people in the same room singing with you, it is a little complicated. So how do you make it feel normal? The closest thing we came to was let's have a Zoom call worship. And so we asked people to send us in um, videos of them doing the motions, which are essential for kids songs. Like you have to have emotion to go with the music like you engage their body you engage their singing you engage their eyes when they're looking at what's happening you want to engage them completely it's a way for them to, to participate in worship and so kids a lot of kids ministries we use motions so of course we wanted to pick songs that we could do motions to even if we had to make them up um, and then we would send out videos and people were submitting videos of themselves you know recorded in a bunch of different places and then i know we've talked about the summer ones but for christmas we did four episodes as well and, and you know they have on winter clothing and they're you know like they're kind of we're getting dressed up for it and um as we get ready for the um the next two episodes coming up for commissioning um you know everybody's in a in a morning discovery t-shirt for this one because we wanted everyone to feel like they were a part of the show like that was a part of that was an intentional first step in what we were trying to do was to make it normal to sing along with the computer, you know, so put everybody in sort of that Zoom call feel. And that really brought a lot of energy to it. Um, you know, the, the worship part was the most challenging, if I'm going to be straightforward with you. Um, we had great people who wanted to do it, but it's hard to make it feel personal. Does that make sense? Um, and to get the same energy we would feel around, like, around the circle at the campfire or at, you know, in Morning Discovery when it was live. Um, but that was a huge part of it, getting as many people as we could get involved in it. And in the end, I think in the first nine episodes, I think we counted 55 people involved. Um, and that doesn't include the video submissions. So that would include people in the background who, who um, just came up with some ideas, did some editing, made some different stuff for us, wrote some stuff for us, um, pulled some different pieces together, uh, people who recorded music. Like it just was it was a really fun thing to kind of give everybody a chance to do something really fun. And so I would call and ask and people kept just saying yes to me. It was so weird um, because normally people are just so busy, but like uh, in the uh, theme song, we wanted an animated um, 
Sunshine character. Um, his nickname is Sonny. I mean, that's so creative. But Sonny, we wanted him to fly around during the theme song. And I reached out to the only guy I knew who could do animation. And this guy is so busy that it was really hard to usually get him to respond to me. But he was so in love with the idea that like he did it like in the middle of the night and you know, I was getting stuff last minute and dropping it in and people just wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be a part of something that was gonna bring, you know, um fun, bring the gospel, um, and just, you know, uh something to be, you know, to be that felt like they weren't wasting their time or it wasn't just uh, just another sort of missed Sunday from church because, you know, churches were canceled. Everything was closed. Okay, thank you for listening to part one of our conversation with Captains Jay and Leslie Nags about taking morning discovery online during the pandemic. Tune in next week for part two of our conversation and hear Captain Jay and Leslie take the pulse on the Creator Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,